Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today, y'all. We have got a show for you. We've got a show for you. Before we dive into today's conversation, a quick word from one of our amazing partners, Crew. The Bible is one of the primary ways God speaks to me. It's why I love being on the teaching team at my church, sharing Bible stories on the mini BFF podcast, and writing devotionals like Chase the Fun because of the way God's Word has changed my life. I want everyone to get to experience that too, but Imagine for a second that you couldn't get a Bible or that you couldn't afford a Bible or think about what it would feel like if it was illegal to own one. Honestly, sometimes we forget that there are so many people all around the world who simply can't get a Bible. That's why we're thrilled to partner with Crew. I love what they do so much, you guys. Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations in the world. They have over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country, and Crew is giving Bibles to people around the globe in their own heart language and sharing the hope of Jesus. But here's where they need our help. For just $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. And when you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, you'll also be partnering with Crew to provide meals for five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. And you get a free copy of Taste the Fun. Let's go. Simply text FUN to 71326 to help today. Think about how the Bible has changed your life and imagine just how much this gift could change someone else's life. Text FUN to 71326. That's F-U-N to 71326 to help now or visit give.crew.org slash that sounds fun. Message and data rates may apply. Today on the show, I get to talk with Charles Martin. You've heard him here before on episode, oh, I don't know. 133, or maybe 212, or maybe 267. And he was our special guest at our stop in Houston on the That Sounds Fun live tour. If you haven't heard any of those shows, you've got to go back and listen. He's just the best. He's one of our most frequent guests, clearly, because we cannot get enough of his beautifully written, action-packed, heart-wrenching novels. He's a New York Times and USA Today best-selling author, and his new book, The Record Keeper, is out. It is the third book in the Murphy Shepherd trilogy. And this book concludes, maybe, I don't know, I think it does, we're going to talk about it. This book seems to conclude the gripping story around our same beloved characters from The Water Keeper and The Letter Keeper. More than I love his writing, y'all, I just love Charles and his wife, Christy, and their boys, and I just... Oh, I love this family and their hearts. I'm just thrilled to have him back. A couple of quick things to note. First, a little mini BFF content warning that we do discuss trafficking in this episode. So maybe one to listen to during nap time or during the school day when little ears aren't around. And also, spoiler alert, we are going there talking about this novel. And I gave you fair warning in my stories a couple of weeks ago to get your copy and read it. But let it be known. We're about to have a book club about the record keeper. I just can't wait any longer when the author is sitting there, you know. So here is my conversation with my, okay, I think it's fair to say my favorite novelist, Charles Martin. Charles Martin, most popular guest on That Sounds Fun. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Welcome back. I mean, 
April 2019, April 2020, January 2021, and then one of our live guests the first time we toured in Houston, Texas. So everybody heard you in July of 21 as well. Five, five. Am I supposed to give a jacket now? No. Isn't that what they do on SNL? (laughs) I don't know. Well, I don't know. They might. Look, I love being here. We love you, and I'm, I'm really, I I mean, I'm like honored. It's like a thing. I know there are a lot of folks who would love to sit in this chair. So oh. thanks for having me back. Well, really. Always, always. I, love it. I never know what I'm going to say, mind you. Right. And I walk in this, <laughs> I walked in this room like, what, how, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm a mass, I've said this, I'm a massive introvert. I'm much more comfortable sitting behind that thing doing this for 12 yes. hours being quiet. Yes. So I'm always curious and I really am. I, I sit down with great expectation thinking, what on earth is she going to drag out of me today? <laughs> so anyway, with that, go ahead. I, whenever you talk about being an introvert, I always get tickled about it because that has never been my experience of you. Not on a show, not, we were just on the same flight and got to spend a lot of time, you, me and your wife, Christy, after our flight together. I do not experience you to be an introvert. So I feel very, it feels like well, it's an what, honor. It's what charges my batteries. Got it. We're in Nashville. We had meetings. We're here, here hanging out with you. So I have a lot of people over the yeah. last couple of days. Now I will go home. And I'll be quiet for a week. And yeah. I'll just get back to work. And I'll charge my batteries. Yeah. It's just kind of the way I've learned to be me. Yeah, when you and Christy drive today from Nashville back down to Jacksonville, will you talk? Yeah. Um, I mean, some, yeah. I mean, it, you know, we've been married. This ne- this next summer will be 30 years. Wow. So we're into the pretty comfortable with each other Yeah, stage, I would imagine. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we will. We, we you know. I should know I if love at this her. point. If She's you're, still well, my best friend. So. Yes. I love talking to her, so I would love riding anywhere with her. But I was just like, man, I wonder if at this point, I mean, I've only been with myself that many years. And so <laughs> I can't imagine being with someone else that many years. And when you recharge as an introvert, the peace it would be to have a person you can recharge with. Well, yeah. And she also knows me well enough to know that, you know, from 9 o'clock yesterday morning till 10 o'clock last night, we were with people in meetings. No. And so she knows that, like, if I'm quiet today, it's just because I used all my words yesterday yeah. for, like, the next three weeks. I'm, cr- I'm here now speaking on credit from the month of September. <laughs> so That's right. You're going to have to write this check later. That's right. I am. We'll catch this one. I mean, are you working on the next novel? Is there something you're sitting and writing on, or are you working yeah, on Yeah, I'm about to finish it. I'm, I'm, oh I'm, I'm working on the last chapter now. And I, I t- told Amanda yesterday I would get it to her. My de- my deadline was two days ago, but I've been okay. checking in with her. Yeah. And there was a good reason I missed it because I did two books with my pastor and we did them kind of back to back. Yeah. And that just took time. Whatever. I love I love doing it, and I'm I'll we'll do more. But it just sort of backed up my schedule, so I'll I'll get that to her in the next four weeks or so. Okay. The next four weeks. And so you and I were both in Scotland at the yeah. same time, and yeah. you and Christy were doing one trip, and then we ended up on the same flight home, and. What you told me after that flight was that that experience changed the book you totally, were working yeah. on. Totally, yeah. I got there, and my protagonist became who he had should have been all along. And I just didn't – when I when I got to Scotland, I could see him, and I could hear him, and I could hear his, his accent and see that – Was he Scottish know, before the trip? No. <gasps> no. But when, as soon as we landed in Scotland, we're, we're walking around Edinburgh, and I'm seeing the story in my head because I've been like – in it for a couple of months now like, uh-huh. with my head down. And as soon as I land and we're walking around and I just heard him. I mean, as much as I hear. You totally, know, totally, totally, yeah. I mean? So I had to come home and rewrite. And I'm still in the process of rewriting who he is. So have you finished it and you're just going back and sewing in some things? or do No, you still have I to literally, I do have the last chapter to write. I did oh write the sort of the climax and the reveal last week. And now I need sort of the clothes, which is pretty cool. I was, I was, I was praying about. It. I didn't know where to go. I really didn't. Really? I was standing. I was like, Lord, I have no idea how to wrap this thing up because <gasps> so much changed in Scotland. Right. And um, a lot of times when that happens, I just sort of push back from my desk and I, I go work out or do something. Work, you know, sweat. Let my body move. Yes. And my mind will unwind. Yes. And somewhere in there, I saw a scene, and it was, it was like. Oh, well, of course that's what you do. That's been there all along. Well, of course. So now I just got to write that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I say that to my writer friends a lot, that people who are feel like they get stuck or have writer's block, if you move your body, 
If you will go on a walk, if you'll go work out, if right. you will move your body, your writer's block will come unstuck. Yeah, it helps. I've yeah. had moments and weeks where that's not been the case. I haven't been enough. And I've had, and then the Lord has pushed me into worship. And I've had wow. to worship my way through the hard. And that's a whole nother thing. But like literally, you know, walking around my pool deck, like, Lord, my circumstances yes. don't dictate the truth of who you are. Your word does. And you are good. You do love me. This may be the end of my writing career, but I love you nonetheless. So let's just walk. So there are times when, yeah, like little blocks, sometimes, you know, sweat, whatever will help. And then there are times where it's just, I don't know. I mean, I'm 20-something years into a career and 20-something books. And I don't always understand why they bubble up sometimes and why they – Yes. I don't – people look at me and they think, I must know what I'm doing. And in all (laughs) honesty, there's some things I do – you know, maybe my craft is a little better. But I I sit down and the pages are still white. Mm. Right. The cursor still blinks for you. Right. No matter how much time I spend training my computer. Right. When I show up every day, it's not like I get there and it goes, hey, Charles, after 20 years, we finally got artificial (laughs) intelligence has showed up. And we're going to, we know, we got it. So we wrote this. We would just like your approval. Right, right, right. It's never happened. No. This is a technical question. How often do you replace your laptop? Um, probably two years or so. I I always, I can't ever quite get my mind around when to replace it because it starts slowing down and the battery starts draining, but you don't really realize it because you're on it all the day. Right. And and so for a while I was doing it after two books, every two books it would be, but I was like, is there like a right answer? I've also changed, like I'm a a Mac user and I used to get the MacBook Pro and all that sort of stuff. And I've just sort of said, you know what, the the Air, the the MacBook Air thing, it works for me. It's enough. Yeah. It's perfect. And it's lighter. Correct. So it goes with you. Right. I loved what you said because I think everyone needs to hear you say, if this is the end of my career, like you're one of the most prolific and celebrated writers in our faith world for sure and in the mainstream. And you sometimes think, I'm not going to be able to finish this one. Who is, I forget, it's maybe, I I think I've heard it attributed to Keller, but maybe Keller was quoting someone, Luther or somebody, I don't know, forgive me, but somebody said, our our hearts are idol-making factories, mm-hmm. and and I'm I've been doing this a long time. My identity is wrapped up, I'm sure, in being a writer. Yeah, it's how I think, it's how I process, and I think every now and then the Lord likes to tap me on the shoulder and say, "Okay." It's like when he restored Peter on the beach. Mm. You know, Peter's in the boat. He's no longer following Jesus after the resurrection. He's no longer following Jesus. He's gone back to his former way of life because he doesn't feel worthy. The the disciples see Jesus when they say, it's the Lord. Peter wraps his cloak around around him, jumps in the water, and lands up on the beach, a little place called Tabka. And Jesus restores him. And in that conversation, I've heard it taught a bunch of ways. And every time I've heard it taught, most of the people I've heard teach it, see Jesus at, as coming at Peter with a, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my... And I, I don't... That's not Jesus. I no. think Jesus... Look, he knew what was going to happen. I pray that your faith wouldn't fail you. Mm-hmm. And he sits down with his buddy, fixes some fish. Sit, and I think... Scripture doesn't say this, but in my impression of who Jesus is, I think he sits down next to Peter, puts his arm around him and says, hey, pal, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Then do what I told you to do. Just feed my sheep, man. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's eating some more fish, and Peter's like, well, Lord, and Jesus is like, dude, do you love me? Yeah. Well, you know I love you, Lord. All right, then just do what I told you to do. And I think sometimes with me in writing, the Lord sort of has a has to check. He doesn't have, but he checks my pulse a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. is this thing more important than me? Wow. Is, you know, what people say about you are the accolades that Annie Downs gives you on her podcast, are they do you want those more mm. than just being with me at my feet and listening to me? Have you found your life in order to lose it? Mm. Or have you found the life I have for you in order to spend right. it? You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so sometimes I think he taps me on the shoulders and we have this, you know, I, and I have to uncurl my fingers and say, yeah. Lord. So it's. It's a sweet thing. It's a tender thing. I pray that my books are not idols in my life as writer is not an idol. I do love what I get to do. Yeah. 
And I do somewhere, you know, we've talked about this somewhere in the past. Psalm, Psalm 45 became real. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Mm-hmm. And it is my great desire mm-hmm. to make his name known to the nations. Yeah. Do I know how to do that? No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the trick is I'm like, here are all the things I'm willing to do, Lord. I don't know how you're going to do it or what you're going to invite me to. Fact. Yeah. And so that is that is beautifully said. It just is so encouraging to remember that. On our best days and on our worst days, we need to open our hand and go, Lord, none of this matters more than you. I'll, can I tell you one quick story? Yes, of course. I was trying to decide whether or not to write Joby's book with him. Uh-huh. Joby's my pastor. I love him. He's a brother. He's a dear friend. And he asked me to work with him. And I was wrestling with, one, how to fit this in my schedule. Right. I'm pretty busy. And I, I do have a career and all that sort of stuff. And... I really kind of had gotten quiet with the Lord, and I, I wanted to know. I, I like, I need to know, do you want me to do this or not? Mm. And then I think I started kind of, you heard the carnal side of me come up in the conversation, and I said, Lord, I have spent, I'm 52 now. I started right when I was 15. I've spent 35-plus years working on developing my voice as a writer. Mm-hmm. And two things, I wasn't sure that I could step out of that in order to help Joby, and two, I didn't. I didn't know if I wanted to lend it. I know that sounds horrible. No. Okay, but I didn't know if I wanted to lend it. And I've said this to Joby. We've said this on there, so I'm not talking behind his back. But it was a. It was a tension that I felt. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I said that to the Lord, I felt this tap on the shoulder, and I, I just. It was. I was. I was not audible, mm-hmm. but it was as close to audible as I can think. I got. I got. And I, he said, "Whose voice?" Wow. And I, I was about to say something and, you know, like, defend me. Uh-huh. And then I felt like he said, is my spirit in you? Hmm. Well, yes, Lord. Okay, the news voice is it. Wow. And I, it was a real sweet thing the Lord did with me where he gave me the freedom. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, use the voice I gave you for my, my son, Dobie. Y'all yes. go do this. Yes. It's one of the most fun things we've done. I've loved doing it. I've loved the books. Yeah, tell me the I titles have, of them. Um, if the tomb is empty, yep. and then coming out next Easter, anything is possible. Perfect. And I love them. They're, I love them. So it was a sweet thing the Lord did with me, but he also, it was like this check, whose voice is it? Yeah. But it gave me freedom as a writer that I didn't know that I needed mm. to lend my voice. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful he did that with me. Also, uh, recently I've been stuck in Matthew 10. Uh-huh. And I can't remember how he says it, but there's somewhere in there Jesus says something like, if the, if the Spirit is in you, then the Spirit of my Father, if my Spirit is in you, then the Spirit of my Father is speaking through you. Oh, wow. That knocked me off. The, my, my, I was on my bike in my garage. Right. So anyway, all right, that's my story. <laughs> Wait, you read your bike, you read your Bible while you're on the... No, I can't read, but I can listen. Okay. So I was going to be like... Wow, no, you do I like can't. your Peloton eyes, while you're reading. No, uh, no, I can't. It's too much movement. It makes me dizzy. Yeah. My eyes aren't that good, but yeah. I'll listen. Okay. Yeah. Who do you listen to read it? Are you just listening to the U version? I or? found this really cool uh, uh, recording. It's an ESV recording somewhere on Audible, and it's a Scottish lady <gasps> reading the ESV. And it, I mean, like when we get to heaven, Everybody's going to be speaking in the Scottish accent anyway. Everybody, I mean, that's right. You can't say the it's word the Lord's native tongue. grace without the whole, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, it's, they're all going to sound like Braveheart when we yes, get there. So anyway. Yes, or Shrek. She, whatever, totally. <laughs> uh, you, yeah, you cut me deep, Shrek. <laughs> you cut me deep just now. So that's what you're listening so to. So I love listening I listen to, to, to Father Mike read a little bit every day. Okay. And just there is something about when I sit and read, and I try to do that, but if I don't have time to sit and read, I still listen to Father Mike, and it still changes my day just to hear Scripture. Well, I will force myself to listen to it because if I read it, I will slow down, and I'll get stuck on words, and I'll uh-huh, dig in. And uh-huh. next thing you know, I'm you know I'm four rabbit trails deep. Yes. But if I'm listening, I, I won't stop. Yes. So, And it also makes me listen to things that I would skip over reading, like Ezekiel 35 and 36. I'm like, you know what? Fine, Father Mike. Well, I'm brushing my teeth. You tell me what Ezekiel 35, 36 says. Yep. Okay, speaking of lending your voice. Yes. Let's talk. I mean, that is what novelists do, is you lend your voice to stories that teach us things we do not know. And so you, you're technically doing that all the time, a little bit, right? I'm still trying to figure that out. Yes. Um, 
yes. The only, the only hesitation I have is because I'm still just figuring it out. I'm still, I'm still working on my voice. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how to say what is on my heart that needs mm-hmm. to, that I feel like needs to be said. So. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with they turned the world upside down. Yeah. And tell me the title of the second one. Well, what if it's true? And oh, what if turn, it's true? And they right. turn the world upside down. Right. I mean, those really are your. That's your pastoring voice in those because they're not fiction. Correct. Yeah. So I mean, they're very good. All right. Here, let me tell you what we did with those. It's really cool. Okay. Um, the folks at W came to me and they said, "We love these. We want to like take the stories and cull the stories out. Would you let us do that and put them together in a book?" That oh, are wow. just the fictional stories that you mm-hmm. wrote about the life of Jesus. I said, yeah. sure. So they took all of the places where I wrote a story about Jesus. Now, you, you got to understand, Scripture is over here. And if you could see me, I'm like pointing with my left hand over on the left side. Yeah. And it says what it says. And it yes. is true. And it's that, like there are no mistakes. On the right side is me. And I'm using <laughs> the gift that God gave me yes. to like write what I think might it, it might have looked like. Yeah. So they took those stories. And they strung them all together, and they put it in this book. It's called Son of Man. comes out early next year. And as I read back through it, I was blown away because it is one of the – let me – it's going to sound like I'm tooting my horn. When I read back through it, it's one of the clearest articulations of the gospel that I've ever seen. And it was as if the Holy Spirit was writing that. While and I you didn't even know. While I'm writing What If It's True and They Turn the World yeah, Upside Down. Wow. <gasps> so it's really cool. Gosh. And I, I'm it's, When does that uh, come out? Um February of next year. Okay. <laughs> You're like, uh next Easter, uh next February, I got stuff coming. <laughs> Do you know what it's called? Son of Man. Son of Man, sorry, you said Which was Jesus' yeah. description of himself. Yes. Yes. That's how he referred to himself. Oh, that's great. I mean, it, it's similar to what they're doing with the chosen of going like, here's what scripture says, and let right. us put some meat on those bones so you can actually see it. Right. Man, is that right. are they doing that right or what? I think so. They're knocking that out of the park. Yeah. Have you watched them all? No. Yeah, me neither. But, but they're I, so good. They're so good. It's just, a, yeah, the, the way they have added personality to the characters yeah. in ways that may not be exactly how they were. But you go like, well, I, when I write my books, I don't write every detail about the story either. Right. And so, man, I, but that's what you did with Son of Man, too. I experienced that when I read What If It's True and They Turn the World Upside Down. But seeing them together, that's going to be awesome. I think it's really neat. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful they did it. I can't wait to see it. It'll be a... It will be the kind of thing that folks can, who are not believers or who just yeah. are doubters or whatever, because it's digestible. It's yeah. it's just it's a it's almost a gift. But I don't want to yeah. use that. But it's yeah. that size. Yeah. And somebody, they won't be bogged down with my teaching or the theology, whatever. They're going to read the story of Jesus, and we'll just let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit That's does. It. That's it. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Athletic Greens. I know that sometimes for me, things can get a little busy between work and friends and church and family and my Peloton and having knee surgery. Thank you for your prayers and kind words on Monday, by the way. I'm doing just fine. I'm feeling so much better. And when things get really busy in my schedule, eating healthy can quickly fall a few spots on the old priority list. It's one of the reasons that things like Athletic Greens can be so helpful. And one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens every day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging. You guys, it's all the things. We've successfully influenced our COO, Ashley's husband, into trying Athletic Greens, and he is hooked on the fact that there's so much quality support for his health in such an efficient, refreshing drink. It's very much like him to be excited about the efficient part. Athletic Greens supports mental clarity and alertness, better sleep quality and recovery. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than getting a fancy coffee or a chai. For every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. I mean, y'all, Athletic Greens donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. How awesome is that? 
Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in really cold water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I've got one more amazing partner to tell you about. Get ready. Listen for it. It's Shopify. Oh, now that sounds fun. Sorry, y'all. I had to. It was just right there. That was the sound of another sale going through on Shopify, the all-in-one e-commerce platform that will help you start, run, and grow your business. Did you know that every 28 seconds, an entrepreneur like you makes their first sale on Shopify? Shopify gives all of us business owners and entrepreneurs the resources that used to only be available to big businesses. So you have everything you need to connect with your customers, drive sales, and manage day-to-day. It's so fun to think about all the possibilities for scaling your business. This has been my job for a little over a decade. And if you'd have asked 2012 Annie where writing and podcasting would take her, yep, she wouldn't have believed you. Shopify is one of our favorite tools. It powers shopanniefdowns.com and can help you buy one of those adorable, love you mean it, water bottles for your mini BFF. And like they have for us, they can provide the resources for you that will make it easy for your business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Shopify instantly lets you accept all major payment methods, and they can help you reach customers online and across social networks by staying on top of the ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook and Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You'll get insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, all that important information that business owners need. More than a store, Shopify grows with you, so the possibilities seriously are endless. Go to shopify.com slash sounds fun, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash sounds fun right now. Again, that's shopify.com slash sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Charles. Okay, can we talk about Murphy Shepherdson? Yeah. We just, I have to warn everyone that we're going to say a few things about what happens in the third book, The Record Keeper. Right. But I told people on InstaStory two weeks ago (laughs) they needed to get the book and read it. And a bunch of our friends already have. I mean, every question that came in from our AFD Week in Review friends were people who've already finished Record Keeper. So for our friends listening, will you kind of go through real quick and talk about the three books in this series so that people kind of have an overarching of who Murphy Shepard is? Yeah, let me, can I back up one step further? Yes, please. A couple of years ago, I was on a book tour um, north of Atlanta. And a book tour, <clears throat> it was just me and my truck driving from place to place. Yeah. And so I get there in the afternoon, and it's a it's a it's basically a motel. All the doors face the parking lot, and yeah. that's a motel. Anyway, I check in, get my key, go to my room, and my truck is the only vehicle in the parking lot. And as I am put my stuff in my room, I go down to the thing to get a drink and come back, and there a, a Jaguar pulls in. And it's really out of place, very nice, you know, kind of like a James Bond car. And the yeah. guy gets out. He's very well-dressed. Looks like he could have been a fund manager, or, and he had a wedding ring on. I can't tell you why I recognize that. I just did. I usually notice that, too, by the way. But uh, that's part of my life. That's part of my story. <laughs> but, okay. He's, he was a big guy, bigger than me. Um, and I learned this later. He immediately walked down to some stairs, up some stairs, and then walked toward me. And he did that on purpose so that he would intersect me rather than going behind me toward where his room was. He did that on purpose, walked toward me. And usually when you're on a walkway, like, you know, you'll yeah. step out of the side. Yeah. Hello, how are you? And you, you'll yield to the other person. Yes. Well, I stepped to the right, and he stepped to his left directly in front of me and didn't introduce himself, didn't say anything. All he said was, so I've paid for some time with these girls in this room down the hall, and sometimes they like to have somebody join us, and sometimes they like to have somebody watch. Are you interested? And my first response was, my first thought was not real Christ-like. All I said to him was no. And I walked to my room and I watched him walk down to his and he he walked in and shut the door. And I called Christy because it really got me. And I kind of unpacked it with her and sat in my room and I tried to work and I couldn't really. And about 45 minutes later, I saw these young ladies leave. There were two of them. And I don't, were they girls? They were somebody's daughter. Were they 
15, 16, maybe? Were they 18, 19? I don't, I don't know. I, I can't tell you. All I know is they were somebody's daughter, maybe somebody's wife one day, whatever, you know. Yeah. And they left and got in a car. Somebody picked them up. And then about 15 minutes later, he left. And it really just, it did something. It was like, it just, it just hacked me off. And I want to say something other than hacked. Yeah. But you know what yeah. I mean? I get to my book event that night, and I'm still torqued about it. And I saw there, you know, people sit, sitting there, and I just sort of unpack it with them. I said, well, I just want to tell you about my day. And it turns out the guy that owned the bookstore runs an anti-trafficking ministry where they rescue girls who are being wow. trafficked in the metro Atlanta area, works with former Delta guys and yeah. FBI, all that sort of stuff. Well, one of the places they've rescued folks was my motel. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so it started me on this thing where the Lord allowed me to be angry. And then simultaneously along with this at the same time, I'm somewhere in, I think it's Matthew 18, where Jesus is telling the parable of the shepherd. And I've read that a bunch. You've read it a bunch. But it struck me for some reason, the shepherd and the safety with with the, the flock, he leaves the the safety of that to walk off through the middle of the night to mm-hmm. chase down the one sheep who's gotten himself or herself lost yeah. for the hundredth time. Right. And when he finds it, he throws it on his shoulders. He yeah. doesn't shame it. He doesn't chastise it. He hugs it, mm-hmm. brings it back, and has a party. And somewhere in there, it struck me two things. This is the inconceivableness of the gospel of Jesus, that he would leave the 99 to find the one. And that's Mm -hmm. what he does with us. That's Mm -hmm. the gospel. Mm -hmm. He found me. He found you. And then when he does that, he brings us back, that somehow we're worth rescue, that our sin and shame and mistakes and all the stuff that caused us to stray in the first place doesn't disqualify us. Mm -hmm. Somehow that the needs of the one in that moment outweigh the needs of the 99. And that was just the majesty and wonder of Jesus. So somewhere, somewhere in that soup between the experience of the hotel and our motel and Matthew 18, the story of Murphy Shepherd bubbled up. Yeah. And I had recently completed a boat trip where we started in the Keys and took the intercoastal all the way to Jacksonville. And it is a, it's a beautiful, it's just a beautiful trip. It's 300 and something miles. And I, so it became the setting. And I saw this character who was really good at finding people who were either lost by kidnapping or were lost by just having gotten themselves lost. Yeah. And so I, the, I, the Waterkeeper really began became the story of us getting to know Murphy and his love for the lost and what is he willing to do to go get them? Yeah. To what extent will he go? And it's the story of him rescuing several girls, a couple of whom have been kidnapped and trafficked. And But we really learn the story of these beautiful ladies who – one of the things I've learned in being around women who have been trafficked is there's a point at which – and it's, it varies for all of them. There's a point at which something happens in them and they don't feel that they are worth rescue. Because mm-hmm. they've been with so many, and they just feel they're like, "Who's gonna love me?" Mm-hmm. So there are two rescues that occur. There's the physical snatching yes. somebody's body out of a hotel room with a line of men down the hall, mm-hmm. and, but then there's the second rescue, or the hole of a ship. They keep ending up in the holes of ships in your books, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that happens too. The second one though is the rescue of them, yes, their heart. Yes. And so that's where we 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 learned that in the Waterkeeper, mm-hmm. and we also have a pretty good introduction to Bones and kind of who yeah. he is in their friendship. From there, we we and I didn't know I could write a trilogy when I said it to Amanda. I I I didn't know I, I said I think really? I've got a character with some legs. I think he's complex. I think I could write a trilogy, but I'd never done one. Yeah. I, I had no idea. Wow. I don't know if I can do it again. But he was. Deep enough, at least in my thought process, that I thought, well, so then the letter keeper really became the story of Murphy Shepard. And Mm -hmm. who is he? Mm -hmm. Where did he come from? How did Bones rescue him? Yeah. Because it's really the story of the rescue of Murphy. Yes. And then we get to the record keeper, which is really what the whole thing's about anyway, which is the story of Bones. Yeah, I was going to say it's the rescue of Bones. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. 
and we think and it we it, it is the rescue of bones but even in that bones is telling a story yeah and the rescue is not what you think no no, but I will tell you, Lillian, who works here, <laughs> came in when she finished it, and I asked her if she had guessed what was going to happen to Bones, and she was like, yeah, I saw it coming, and I was like, meanwhile, I'm bawling, <laughs> crying when I'm reading what happens to Bones. Are you Murphy Shepard? No. I mean, I, I would love there, – there are parts of me. I would love to think that parts of my heart show up in him, but look, I'm writing vicariously. I do this in all my characters. You know, if Christy yeah, was Yeah, but I've here, read a lot of your books, and none of them are as you – as a main character as Murphy Shepard, in my experience of you. I don't know. I would love to think that the Lord has done things in my heart in the same way that what we read in Murphy, that his heart is that. I mean, greater love has no man than one who's willing to lay down his life for his friends. That's it. There's the plumb line. Yeah. Period. Yeah. And Murphy does that. Yeah. Not as well as Bones, but he How? does that. Listen, Bones, And man. so am I Murphy? No, I'm, I'm still selfish, carnal Charles. Am I in the process? Sure. Yeah. Is the Lord not finished with me? Absolutely. Yeah. But I love that you think I might be. That's a great compliment. But yeah. no, he's there's a lot that I, I, look, I look up to and I love about him. Wow. Yeah. So for everyone, we're going to talk about The Record Keeper. But in all three of these novels... There are so many things that Murph and Bones are experts in, even just the weapons they use mm-hmm. and the amount of weapons or the undercovery things. <laughs> How did you learn all that? I love that undercovery. Yes, I was like when I, I wrote well, down, I wrote undercover things. <laughs> well, some of it I, ha- I, I I'm pretty good at asking questions. Yeah. And when I meet people, well, I mean, you know, I mean, I've met folks who've worked in the CIA, and I mean, you know, you know, it's not it's not hard. If you get on YouTube, you can answer a lot of questions. <laughs> Seriously, I did. I spent a lot of time on YouTube looking into trafficking, and you have to be careful what you. Sure. You know what I mean, right? A lot of a lot of it, I would do in bed at night with Christy. Yeah. Because there are just some things I don't want to see. Yeah. So there are experts that know more than I. I also have a pretty vivid imagination. I can mm-hmm. fake it. Mm-hmm. I've watched enough of Jason Bourne. <laughs> you know? um, but I mean, the way you describe weapons being put together and taken apart, the boats, I understand because I know you and your right. son, your family, y'all are like. Florida people who all right there's the there's water. um when I was in my I'm 52 so when I was in my early 30s there was a period in time when in which a lot, guys and I in my neighborhood traveled all, all over not over but s- several places around the U.S. Uh-huh. to get trained in You're precision Murphy Shepherd precision I, you rifle totally are. <laughs> urban rifle um you know we we did a lot of that. And we traveled to some really great places. We went to Thunder Ranch out in Oregon and got to know Clint Smith. And I mean, I Jack Carr has. Are you since, rescuing people and we don't know? No, I'm not. I'm not. I would I anybody, if I was, I wouldn't tell, tell you. Us. But I'm. I'm not. But I, I learned a lot. Yeah, it is a degradable skill. I'm yeah. not what I once was, but yeah. I know enough to be able to write about it. So I, I, I did have fun in, the, in in the beginning of the Record Keeper. I did have fun putting together the first sort of scene. Yeah. With the, I love that. That yeah. was a lot of fun. I mean, it is Murphy Shepard is a novelist who no one knows who he is. So that is what helps pay for this rescuing life he has right. and the way he's able to rescue men and women, young right. boys and girls. So he writes a book and he secretly rescues people from trafficking. And Charles, I'm just going to stand on here in front of everyone. I'm not convinced you aren't doing that. Well, I love the fact that you think I do, or and I could. That makes me feel tough and cool. But I know me, and I'm, I, I'm not as tough as he is. When you write, when you spend three books writing about trafficking and yeah. writing about what happens to boys and girls and right. women, yeah. And probably men, too. But in my memory of the books, you're mostly younger people. Correct. Are you okay after you write all that? No. And after you, no. no. Yeah. No. Yeah, what happens in, in a person after they spend years researching well, that and writing it? I had to pray my way through a lot of it. Yeah. And I didn't write all that I know. If I write what I know, you won't read it. Wow. Because it's horrific and it's, it's gross. Yeah. It's the, it's the worst evil I can conceive of. Yes. I mean, the sex yeah, trafficking. Yeah, because you're not graphic in any of the books. Yeah. Well, I try to write in shadows mm-hmm. so that you have an idea of what's happening without making you want to throw up. Yes. Because if I write, it just won't. Yeah. People will close the book. Yeah. It's just not. 
There's a reason sex trafficking has surpassed the drug trade. And you can sell a drug once, you can sell a 10-year-old boy 60 times in a week. Oh, gosh. So I, I had to kind of pray my way out of it. Also, I think, though, that the Lord gives you what you need when you need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I, I'm not, I am, I am knowledgeable. There are people who are far greater experts than I. Sure. But I've also, the cool thing is I've also met people who have been rescued so yeah. while I know the horror of it, I've also seen the joy and the hope. Yeah. And I've seen women who were rescued that did not think they were lovable now married with children. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. the, I've seen the redemptive side of it. One of our questions from our friends at the AFD Week in Review, Hillary asked, as a dad of sons, you have three boys. I adore them. She says, what is it like to develop the characters of Angel and Ellie and Casey and their relationships with Murph? So there are these three young women in the book that are all daughter-like mm-hmm. to Murphy. Mm-hmm. But you raised three boys. Mm-hmm. So is that from doing interviews with survivors? How did you step that much into no, I mean, daughter relationships? Well, I don't know. I grew up in a house with three sisters. Oh, okay. So I think that did inform a lot of my – I mean, my mom loved me. You know, I mean – it was I was the only boy, so yeah. I had dad to myself. Yeah. So we did a lot of cool stuff, but I don't. I think somehow growing up in a house with three girls, maybe my ear became attuned to emotive things that maybe yeah. some of my friends weren't. Exp- I don't know. I don't know what was the effect of that on yeah. me. Yeah. I've been married twenty nine years. Christy still loves me. Uh-huh. So uh, beyond that, I don't know how I. I don't know how I know. Yeah. How to write Casey and Angel. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I would imagine growing up with sisters, I can see that playing mm-hmm. out. Because there are a lot of times where, in, especially in Letter Keeper, but also in Record Keeper, where the interaction between the girls is like you're eavesdropping mm-hmm. on how right. would Charles ever know sure. that that's how three girls are when they're sharing a bathroom. Right. But it's because you Well, I did up grow up with, with that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did hear some of those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Hey friends, just interrupting one more time to tell you about another amazing partner, Stitch Fix. Do you know my favorite kind of shopping? The kind that other people do for me. Amen to that. When you guys found the gold number I needed for seeing Shania in Vegas, and when my friend Amber, who's a stylist, picks out things I should wear for tour and live events, I love to leave it to the experts. One less decision to make. You will too when you let Stitch Fix shop for you. It's easy and fun to get started. First, take a few minutes to set up your Stitch Fix style profile. You'll answer a few questions about what you like to wear, what you don't, and how open you are to trying new styles. And then Stitch Fix's expert stylist will go to work finding items exclusively for you. Every piece is handpicked for you, and it is unique to your size, your style, and in your budget, which is making it the best way to discover clothes that make you look and feel your best. Stitch Fix will send you five pieces to try on at home. You keep what you love. You send back what you don't. Shipping, returns, exchanges, all easy and free. Plus, there's no subscription required. Bless. I'm so happy about that. You try once or set up automatic deliveries. There are no hidden fees ever. So sign up for Stitch Fix and get this season's latest pieces for women, men, and kids. Sign up today at stitchfix.com slash that sounds fun to get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash that sounds fun to get $20 off your first purchase. It's a limited time offer and you have to purchase within two days of signing up. And one last incredible partner to share with you, the new movie Life Mark from the Kendrick Brothers and Kirk Cameron. It's opening in theaters everywhere on September 9th, which is eight days from now. I got to watch it a little early and really enjoyed it. Life Mark is based on a true story and follows 18-year-old David through an emotional series of decisions he has to make after his comfortable world is turned upside down because his birth mother unexpectedly reaches out to him in hopes of meeting him. Y'all, it is a wild story. Through really interesting storytelling with flashbacks and flash forwards, is that a word? Life Mark shows how many lives can be changed with one decision. It celebrates adoption, reconciliation, and love. So if you're looking for a movie that is hopeful and explores so many relational dynamics in really interesting ways, Life Mark is the movie for you. Those of you with younger mini BFFs in the family will probably want to preview this one first so you're prepped for any conversations that it may start. So 
So go see Life Mark in theaters nationwide beginning September 9th. I think you'll enjoy it. I think it'll start a lot of conversations, really interesting conversations with you and your friends you see it with, with your family. I think it is really a conversation starter. You can learn more about Life Mark and get your tickets today at lifemarkmovie.com. That's lifemarkmovie.com. Remember that the show notes are your one-stop shop for links to all these partners, transcripts of these shows, and your chance to sign up for the AFD Weekend Review email. It's all below. And now back to finish up our conversation with Charles Martin. This might be spoiler category, so you can tell me we can't talk about it. Okay. What we know at the... I feel like we know it at the end of Letter Keeper, but it's really explored in the Record Keeper is Bones' twin brother. Yeah. What? Bones is the best guy in the series is twin brothers with the evilest, though every evil person is just a hurting person. I understand. Right. The evilest character in your book right. is twin brothers right. with the absolute hero. Right. Two actually. things there. One is wounded people wound people. Yeah. Okay. Now let's back up. The first set of brothers on planet Earth one killed the other. Yeah. The very first thing that happens, Cain kills Abel. Mm-hmm. I mean, a murder of one brother. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. But also when I was sort of looking at who is this bad guy, all of us wrote him off. All of us want to, you know, a, from, God, from God to send a lightning bolt to the cranium and yeah. just zap him. Yeah. And that is not Bone's heart. Right. Bones is still try- Bones is still taking us to school. Yeah. And the one looks different. Yeah. Like we think, well, I'll rescue that one because they seem lovable. Yes. Because they'll thank me. Yes. Because, because there's a future and a hope with that one. Right. That but is not with the... Yeah. Bones is digging a little deeper than that. Yeah. How'd you find Bones? Who is he? That's a good question, too. I, I don't know. I wonder if he's not a mind meld of several people. We probably see the first glimpse of Bones back in Fireflies with Unk. Oh, just my gosh, you're right. Just the beginning of that voice, you know? And then we see him show up <laughs> a little bit again, maybe in Thunder and Rain, just in terms of his tenacity. But I didn't, he really didn't Bones has come. always been there. He, he really wasn't fully developed, probably. Until, you know, he landed somewhere in my mind in the Keeper series. Wow. But there were just touches of him all along. I just told you and Craig this story, or just told Craig the story, but I finished the book. The last two words of the book. Right. I freaked out. I did the thing that should be illegal. Right. I texted the author. Yeah, I loved it. (laughs) I sent a screenshot of the last two words like you didn't know that was what you finished the book with. And I said... Charles Martin, what does this mean? And you said, what do you think, <laughs> do you it, think means, it means, Annie? And right. I thought, wrong answer. Right. So where do we go now with Murphy and maybe with Bones and all these characters? Is this it? Is it a trilogy and they're gone? I don't know, Annie. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can put in a vote. My vote is that everyone lives happily ever after and we get to keep hearing people being rescued. Well... Versus someone being dead, which is a very possibility at the end of Record Keeper. Let's just put a bookmark there. Okay. Okay. That's a great answer. That is a fantastic answer that we are all – I mean, 10 questions here, 11 questions here. Half of them are – I know. Yeah. Have you left us dangling like that at the end of the book? I haven't felt the way I felt at the end of Record Keeper with your other books before as far as like, is he coming back? Are they coming – are we done here? Are we not done here? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is everything I dreamed of. This is exactly what it's like to talk to a, um, a novelist who's not sure. I just... Okay, great, great. So we there's can all a, just keep reading what you write. There's a there's a, there's an answer. Okay, great. Which I, which I can't give you or okay. I won't give you. You won't give me, which I appreciate. So we'll circle back around. Okay, great. But I will say this. When I finished the last page... Did you write the last page last? Yeah. Okay. I cried my face off. Did you? Yeah. Totally. Shredded me. Wow. Yeah. Great. Shredded me. I love him. It gives me so much hope. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. 
I told you I cried twice in this book. I cried. There's a adoption story yeah. that yeah, yeah. made me cry. And there is a falling from a helicopter story. Yeah. <laughs> and that made me cry because I thought, freaking Charles Martin is going to kill Murphy Shepard right here <laughs> in front of my face. And I, <laughs> and he was so close to rescuing everyone. And in the helicopter moment, you also are having a moment with Bones. Right. And so sure. I thought, no, Murph, hang on. Oh, no. Why would you even grab onto a flying helicopter anyway, Murph? What are you doing? So yeah. So I, I cried a lot. What have you what learned? What about the scene yeah. where um, they name the bait? The, oh, gosh. Yes. It, ha, what about that scene? Let me put right, it let me back tell you on that, you. Let me tell, that, tell you where that came from. There's an organization in Texas called Pure Hope Foundation. Uh-huh. Catherine Lee runs it. They rescue ladies. Yeah. In, it's a ranch in Texas. And the you know it's one thing to rescue the physical; it's another thing to rescue their heart. And it it can, like we're un- your body keeps the score. We've yes, talked about that. Yes, it takes a while to for the Holy Spirit. Look, the Lord can do what the Lord wants to do. He can heal anybody in a moment. Yeah. But oftentimes it's layers like an onion, yes, and yes. He peels those back, and that's his healing. That's just the way His healing to. So with these with these ladies, healing it looks like a process. But mm-hmm. they've done this beautiful thing in the backyard. Of the house where where they all live, and they they walk through the exchange at the cross. Um, but in, in one of them, many of these women have had forced abortions, mm. and I I met them, and you know, and they are left with, you know, does God hate me? No. But they're, how am I going to stand? All that sort of stuff. Yeah. But they're also left with, I ne- I didn't get to hold them. Mm. And so they have this thing where they bring all the ladies out and they name their children wow. at the cross. Wow. And they give them to the Lord. Yeah. And they name them. Like that child has a name. Yes. And it that I loved that. Yeah. I love the healing in it. And I've mm-hmm. seen the healing that occurs in them when they do it. <clears throat> right. And the way the Lord lifts trauma and just the just lifts you know that weight out of them mm-hmm. and the hope of I'm gonna I'm gonna see them yeah right now yeah. my son or daughter is with the king you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. so I, I don't know I didn't I didn't see that or go through that when I was at the house and think gee that's got to end up I was writing and it that I was in the middle of that scene and I, that I was that bubbled up yes yes. That is that adds such a layer to that story. Oh, how are you different after writing these three? Well, I, I look at ships on the water a little differently. Oh, I will look at ships on the water I'm a little differently. A little, I'm, I, I look at young ladies in public places a little differently. Like, are they okay? Yeah. Are they here of their own will? We've been in you know, hotels lately, and I, you know, I get on the, the elevator with somebody. Are they here because they want to be? Or are they here because somebody's? Met? You know, those right. questions go through my mind. Here's where, here's where, here's where I am after the end of these stories. I know me, and I am not worth the death of the Son of God, mm. and yet He pushed up on His nail-pierced feet for me. Right. I can't get over that. I can't wrap my head around that. Why would the king of the universe, this universe and every other, mm-hmm. in perfect unity with the father, take off his crown, stick his diadem in the corner, give his ring back to his father, disrobe, and take a swan dive out of heaven and end up here in a gooey mess right. and live a sinless life on my behalf to make a payment I could never make in 10,000 years for the sole purpose of... He says this in John 17, so that they, meaning you and I, might know the love with which you and I have loved one another. He's speaking to the Father. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason for Jesus is a, is a return trip back to the Father. He says in Exodus, I brought you to myself. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father yes. except through me. So the yes. destination is the Father. So you ask me, how do these books impact me? The extent to which someone i.e. Jesus, went to rescue me. I'm not talking about everybody else. I'm yeah. just talking about me. Yeah. Shreds me every now and then. Mm-hmm. And I am reminded of what it cost him. Yeah. 
what it did not cost me. Right. And what he offers me freely. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I find myself, I have found myself sometimes in my office just with my eyes shut. Like, Lord, I know the words I'm grateful don't really get at telling you. But as much as I am able to communicate with my heart, thank you. And I'm yours. I'm loose change. You spend me how you want. My gift is yours, my work, whatever. Just like if, if I'm able, to the extent that I am able to surrender to you, please know that I... I want to be that surrendered. There, there's a beautiful verse somewhere in, maybe it's Samuel, the eyes of the Lord look to and fro across the earth to find a man whose heart is wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y, submitted to his. Yeah. And I pray that when he scans the earth, he sees me and he sees Annie and he sees Christy and he sees my boys and yeah. you know, he finds our hearts wholly submitted. So now, am I... Pushing these books on people so that they are thumped over the head and they are brought. No, the Holy Spirit did that in me. Holy Spirit's going to do what he's going to do in them. I'm just telling you, that's what he's doing in me. That is the wild thing about these books is if you don't know they're about Jesus, you may not know besides what the Holy Spirit tells you. If you know they're about Jesus, you know. (laughs) You like feel it. There's a scene that plays out in letter keeper that repeats uh, that you go back to in record keeper of a girl found in a shower. Right. And when I read that scene, I think, and there's other girls who signed up to do modeling photo shoots and they end up getting trafficked and rescued by Murph and bones. And when I read those two scenes, I think how many times in my life am I saying yes to one thing that may not be the best thing and the enemy turns it Mm -hmm. and it makes, and it doesn't make me, but it leads me down a path to a yes that I'd have never said before. Correct. And Jesus rescues me out of the floor of the shower. Correct. And so it, it, I, that is what I picture. I don't know that I had a good picture in my head as a person who grew up a believer and doesn't have a wildly transformative testimony. So I, I don't know that I had a picture before that scene of, oh, this is what it feels like for me, too. Yeah. Even though I don't have that version of a testimony, my testimony is that he still found me in the bottom of a shower and rescued me out of it. You know, There are two scriptures that have, the Lord's been um, – one is in first or second chapter of Corinthians. Paul says – and he says, it's just a very short phrase. He's talking to the church in Corinth. He says, by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus. If you spend time on that, you think about it, the initiation is his, by his doing. Yeah. Think of all that's wrapped up in that. It's the same thing that he says in Ephesians when he says, when you were dead in your trespasses and sins, he, initiation is his, made you alive. Mm. What did we do? Right. Well, I mean, go what back did, to Genesis 2. L- yeah. Look at the dust. He made man, fashioned us out of the dust of the earth, earth, made Annie look like Annie, made Charles look like Charles. Then he presses his lips to ours, breathes in the ruach of God, makes us living beings. We didn't do that. What can the dust do? Right. So, I don't know. I'm, that's a little bit of where I've been lately, by his doing. And yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for his doing. It's also changed how I pray. Really? Yeah. And, and, and it's changed like, Lord, we were all, all of us, regardless of the, regardless of the drama of our testimony, regardless of the, how the world might perceive, wow, that person was a long way off compared to somebody who, whatever, you know, all of us have gone astray. We're all equal in the Lord's eyes. We're just a bunch of rebellious sinners. Like right. there is no, it's like saying there are degrees of dead. There's not. <laughs> right, no. It's not like I'm more dead than you. We're just right, dead. We're just dead. I'm just brought back to what the Lord did by his doing in me to get me to himself. I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, you help us all with that by lending your voice to Murphy. To By, by lending your voice to this story... We get a better picture of it. He's a pretty cool character. 
I'm telling you, I think it's you. <laughs> I am just, he's a novelist who rescues people, Charles Martin. I will tell you that this. That is you. We've you had, do um, rescue people. We've had two folks in the last, well, a couple of months that are in Hollywood. That yes. Have <gasps> mentioned the whole made-for-TV series. Because I won't let it be a movie. It, a movie can't do it. It's not a, enough. It's not yeah. a movie. Not even if you did three movies. You can't. Who's who in your dream? Who's Murphy Shepard? Oh, that's easy. Oh yeah, Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt is Murphy Shepard because yeah. he has, in my opinion, okay, and Chris. I don't know him. I've never met him. Me neither. But we're both going to be friends with him. But he him. has the heart. I mean, obviously, yeah. he's a he's you know right at the moment he's in the terminal list and Jack yeah, Carr yeah. and he's uh, so he's, James, got the he's, for he's it. James Reese. So yeah. he's awesome and he's crushing that. Yeah, he can, he can do all the stuff, but he also has the. The heart, mm. and, and like I know what I'm talking about, but yeah. I know people that know him. Yeah, and um, and publicly, his faith life is correct. a big part of his life. Correct. Yeah. And I think it's going to take somebody who has a walk with the Lord to be able to pull this guy off because yeah. there's a thing, like I don't know, maybe you can fake it, but I don't, I don't know that it would be authentic. Is Chris Pratt old enough? Well, you're asking the writer. <laughs> Because I can make him. I can make him old. Enough. Okay, guess what? I, mean, I, mean, I can I, make Murphy any age I want to make right. him. Who's Bones? I don't know. That's a great question. Thank you. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Because whoever plays Bones has got to play his, his own twin brother too. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. There are. Okay. Okay. Who is Bones? I want it to be the Alan Rickman, but he's not alive anymore. Right. But I, I could see him because he's so good at mm-hmm. um, Snape. You know, I would love as well for Murphy Shepard is the main guy in Virgin River. Are y'all watching Virgin River? Mm-mm. Do y'all know that show? I don't know that one. Do I, um, need to? I don't. Yeah, it's it's just a nice, it's a sweet little uh, okay. small town nurse moves to a small town show on Netflix. It's very popular, but I don't know the guy's name. But I'll, I'll go with Chris Pratt. I can get behind Chris Pratt. You're changing because I picture you. It makes it. I can't. I can't quite make Chris Pratt. Well, I think it's going to take somebody who's like tough enough to do the stuff. Yeah, and he's. He's got to fall out of a helicopter. Well, he does have to fall out of a helicopter. And he's got and to live. get shot with a crossbow bolt. <laughs> That's right. So, That's I mean, true. That's true. He has to get shot a lot, technically. Yeah, technically. Poor, poor Murphy Shepard. That guy, for every you know tattoo he fun? gets, he also gets a what bullet wound. What would be wound. fun, though, is Gunner. I mean, would people not oh, just, gosh. they'd fall in love. They're going to love that dog. Yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. I can't wait. Well, listen, dear Chris Pratt, if you happen to listen to that, sounds fun. Part one, welcome. <laughs> Part two, we've got your next role for you. Part three, would you like to be on the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I put mine third. You, we'll first get him in your show, and then we'll get him on the pod. Is there anything we didn't say that you want to make sure we say? I don't know. See, I don't even know what we said. Know. Here we are again. We did it. I know. <laughs> it is. I don't a, feel like I said anything. A, great, because you said a lot of very good things. I almost cried thrice. So I cannot wait. I mean, I'm, a lot of people have already read this series, but this is this is a do not miss novel series so and it is a page turner i mean i i i didn't go to a dinner with my friends charles you are ruining my social life when you write books like this because i was like you guys i don't feel great and the real real was i've got four chapters left (laughs) i have to sit right here okay the last question we always ask you because the show is called that sounds fun professional that sounds fun guest tell me what sounds fun to you i am gonna um Finish a novel in the next four weeks. Yes, you are. And um, I'm going to close my computer for yeah. a little while. And and Christine and I bought a farm. Yeah. And it's not a farm. There's like no structure. Yes. There's no running water. <laughs> There's no road, right? There's no <laughs> power. There's It is a mess. Yeah. It's just property. And so I'm going to. Uh, is it called a farm when it's just the land? I'm calling it a farm. Okay, okay. It's going to be a farm. We're currently making payments <laughs> on it, so we get to call it, you know. That's right, that's right. So I'm going to go up there, and the boys and I will, yeah. you know, just get lost and do fun stuff, and yeah. we're going to fix roads and build a barn, and I'm going to let my hands work and my mind unwind, yes. and um, I need to be quiet for a while. Yeah. I need to not write. Yeah. Christy's telling me that. Chris, my agent's telling me that. My I, my body's telling me that. Yeah. Uh, so if I could take a little time off, that sounds fun. Good. N- not not writing forever, but just let my well fill back up. Yeah. If you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. 
That's good. And if I'm you work with your that. hands, Sabbath with your mind. So you even saying my mind has to unwind because I, so I need to do something with my hands. That is a tale as old as time. Hmm. Is that's what we get to do? Thanks for being back. Thank you so much. What everyone doesn't know is we've already got you scheduled for your next <laughs> one. So <laughs> we'll see you in 2023. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for what you do. You're one of my favorite pastors. Thank, so. you. thank you. All really of us. Grateful. All of us listening. So, we thank so. you for what you do. I love it. You're so, amazing. Thank you. Oh, you guys, don't you love him? Every time, 10 out of 10, five out of five times, six out of six times. I don't know. He's been here a lot. I'm so thankful. Are you dying to read Record Keeper now? I know. I know. Okay. Read Waterkeeper, Letter Keeper. You can't just start with Record Keeper if you want to because it is, it blows your mind. The last two words, don't flip there, but just trust me. And make sure you follow Charles. He's storied career on social media. Tell him thank you so much for being on the show again. And as I told you in the show, he's already scheduled to come back. So we're going to get him again. If y'all need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me? Oh, going on a walk. I haven't done it in a month. And now that my knee is back to fighting shape, we're going on a walk. Oh, I can't wait. Y'all have a great day, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. What? A Friday episode? Yes, I mean it. Why not? Before a holiday weekend, let's drop a surprise Friday episode with our friends and two of my very favorite worship leaders, Brian and Katie Torvald. We'll see y'all tomorrow. Tomorrow.